and welcome to episode 55 of Expertise is Overrated, the podcast that takes time to answer the questions you didn't know you didn't want the answer to. I'm Sean. And I'm Vib. And neither the... Bleh, my goodness. Well, and neither of us going. has any clue what we're talking about or saying. Um, it's really funny because I, I was just editing, just before we started recording, I was just editing uh, episode 53. Mm. Uh, and I did exactly the same thing. Just can't speak. Mate, we've and done neither this. of us has any clue. I don't know what's gotten into me. Just We've done this intro for 54, well, no, 55 episodes. And you're the only one who ever bungles yeah. it. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, well, you always edit your mistakes out. That's, that's, I do. I'm sticking do. to it. <laughs> I'm honest enough to leave it in. I'm, I'm a man of the people. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> speaking of men of the people, um, um, how's the beer? That's the world's worst segue. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm sure it could have done worse. <laughs> I think we would have tried really... Had to try really hard. Um, yeah, I, I bungled it slightly today. So today is the first Monday of my two weeks of unemployment, which I'm very much looking forward to. Uh, I am, as they say, between jobs. Uh, so I decided at two o'clock this afternoon to make some beer, which is something I've had on my to-do list for a long time. And I thought, oh, you know, beer making doesn't take that long. Turns out it takes a really, really long time to boil five gallons of of water. And then I got really confused. I messaged you just after <laughs> like a really long time, even if you've got like a specialised like beer making boiler and heating element and everything, which I do. Uh, I messaged you just before we started to go, I'm really confused because it's come out, like I've got way more liquid than I was expecting and it's come out really dilute. I, I still don't know why it's come out really dilute. Um, I have a suspicion, but I don't know exactly why. But do you want to know why I have more liquid than I thought oh, I did? Oh, I absolutely do, yes. Have you by any chance checked when I told you that I'd done 27 pints, how many gallons 27 pints is? Uh, I thought it was, we were talking about litres, weren't we? Sorry, 27 litres, not 27 pints. Yeah, because you already, when you said, because I said that's like 25, isn't it? And you were like, no, it's more like 27. I was like, that sounds like too much. Yeah, it, it is. <laughs> so it's, you just overregged it on the liquid, did you? It's it's six gallons, not five. I did the, I did the number of litres that the recipe told me to do. Um, So the, the read, the, the fact that it's dilute... I don't know the answer to yet. I have a, I think the answer is just all of the good stuff sitting at the bottom of my boiler, um, and the stuff that was. <laughs> it'll be it'll be a mixture of all that. It's because you it's because you said you wanted to give some of this away to uh, your your cricket club. So um, if you're listening, cricketers, uh, he fucked it, right? Well, I'm not going to give it to them if it's shit. I'll just say it didn't work. I'll do another <laughs> one. And then you have to drink twenty seven liters of beer. 27 litres of shit beer. <laughs> As I said, it should, Time to throw a big party, I think. It should come out at about 3%, which is, I think, I don't know if you've had the other one that I made recently, but it came out at 3, 3.2, and it was fine. Um, like, that, I mean, that for a session ale, that's perfectly reasonable, I think. Yeah. I it, think, it's got just got to taste good. To I, think, I, I think my problem is, when I think of a session beer, I think of something like Gamma Ray. No, not Gamma Ray, Neck Oil. Oh yeah, which is ludicrously strong. But neck oil is like five percent. <laughs> yeah, it's it has no business being called a it's, session. It's, IPA. it's only session by <laughs> by reference to gamma ray, which is about eight percent or what? No, it's yeah. not. It's about 
five and a half. They're just horrifically strong. They're just really, really uh, strong. Is. But I do, I do like a good neck oil. I, I really um, like neck oil. Yeah, so you messed Eight up some beer, it's fine. Yeah, I think fine. we know our first ever Patreon sort of reward tier is just get some of Sean's terrible beer. Absolutely. Hmm. <laughs> you like that, don't you? <laughs> yeah, I'll send. I'll make a batch. Stick an expertise overrated brand on it, and it'll be yeah, worth more that's or less. Possibly. Less, I think, which Almost is impressive because I don't currently sell my beer. <laughs> You'll be paying shipping. That's pretty. Cool. It's going to cost more. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that'd be anyway. Really anyway. Beer aside. We're what? here to talk about something very different. Um, yeah, no beer in Harry. Oh, there is, there is beer I in there Harry is, Yeah, there is beer in Harry Potter. Butter beer. Butter beer, which, which I had not long ago. I don't know if I went to Harry Potter World before we recorded our last episode. I can't remember. Um, but yeah, I had some butter beer there. It's it's all right. Where is Harry Potter World? It is near um, Watford. <laughs> so for those of you not immediately familiar with London. It's just northwest of London. Yeah, for those of you not familiar with London, it's not in London. Yeah, it's close though, you know. Near enough. Take the overground to it, which I feel counts as London adjacent. But it's outside the M25, isn't it? Uh, Yeah, I believe it is, yeah, just about. Yeah, I'm not not having that in London. Uh, Well, tell you what, I, I was already living in Oxford at the time. Uh, so it was actually, you were heading towards London to get there. I had to go into London and then back out. And then as I was heading back from Harry Potter World to Oxford via Shepherd's Bush <laughs> on a direct train, I was like, oh, that is where I used to live. So I could have got to and from Harry Potter World in about 40 minutes. And yet you never anyway. that's, that's That's a <laughs> wild insight into your life that I don't think anyone will ever recover from. Uh, yeah, I mean, I live, I live. Uh, it's, it's really wild. Yeah, um, it's great. But Harry Potter world, fantastic. Recommend it. Um, if yeah. you're a Harry fan, of course. If you're not, then not, don't waste not your money. Really going to be for you if you're not a Harry Potter it, fan. Yeah, it ain't I, cheap. <laughs> I think we should. I think we should discuss Harry Potter fans. I don't know quite where in our episode, but like, there are some big Harry Potter fans out there. There are some big Harry Potter fans like, out there, yes. I, I like Harry Potter. I enjoy all seven books and bits of all eight films. But there are some, like, proper... And our generation as well, proper Harry Potter fans out there. They're quite scary. So what, what does a proper Harry Potter fan look like to you? Well, they're probably wearing... And there was a time where I thought I was probably a proper Harry Potter fan. Yeah, but you don't, like, own wands and... I've got two ones. Oh god! <laughs> uh, this is going to go. It's just going to go on. Yeah, keep going. So that's strike one. <laughs> don't don't spend qu- lots of time wearing their Hufflepuff hoodie. No, I don't have any Harry Potter themed clothing. I don't know. I feel I I, I can't quite. Well, I suppose I do now. Technically, have the exact same cloak that Severus Snape wears in the films. Um, is he just wearing a scholar's gown? Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, well, a fellow is one, I suppose. I suppose, technically. Yeah. But no, I, I can't quite put my finger on what a, pro- a true fan is, other than sort of by reference to the the idea that a fan is short for a fanatic. Like, there are some people who are fanatical in their adoration of Harry Potter. They're all of the fanfic consumers, 
you know, people who like Cursed Child and things like that. Oh, now Cursed Child, that's an interesting one. That That's where I think things change for me a little bit. I mean, I'm still a, a big fan of the Harry Potter franchise in the series, but Cursed Child was just... Yeah, it was the death of the writing in, in that. So... In that world, I think. Um, great play, as in the, the effects of it and stuff, are yeah. remarkable. I've I've never read it because reading no, I mean, plays yeah. is, a, is something that you have to do at school. Yeah, it's just no point. Um, and I haven't seen it because I've just never managed to. But everything that I've read and everything that I've heard tells me that it is fantastic on the stage. So for no other reason than that, I'd like to see it. And people that I know... And respect who have opinions about things that are on the stage have told me it's very good. Yeah. I mean, I went with someone who was by no means a Harry Potter fan, uh, as in, you know, has read the series once and, and at a later age. And, you know, he enjoyed the uh, the play immensely. Um, yeah. It is also very long. <laughs> it must be said, it's like a whole day. Yeah, I was going to say, can't, you, split it over can't, days, you, can't you see it in two nights? Yeah, you can, you can split it up in two nights, or you can go for like a, a Saturday full like it's a matinee and an evening <laughs> affair <laughs> that's so much time to spend in a theater though it's not, and, and you know what theaters are just uncomfortable <laughs> unfortunately it's you're like not, part of the experience right you're not meant to be comfortable in your theater seat because you're meant to be watching the theater yeah i, I know but if you <laughs> if you just sat there thinking ah oh, everything hurts no i'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm agreeing <laughs> you, i'm agreeing with you and mocking must, theater it must be worse for you time. yeah by a country mile goodness yeah, I'm, no, a, I'm a normal-sized human, so... Yeah, it's, it's not ideal. I, I can't remember what we were seeing. We saw something at, like... Was it the Gielgud or something like that in London? Which is a Victorian theatre that's never been renovated, as far as I can tell. Oh. And we were in one of the upper circles on the front row. And I just genuinely had my knees around my ears. There was, <laughs> there was nowhere for me to put my legs... And probably blocked like five rows behind you from view. So everybody wins. Yeah, it was great. Everyone loved it. No one, no one behind me knew they were buying a restricted view ticket when they did. <laughs> That's a fair point. Uh, but anyway, I mean, I, I, I don't know. The, the Harry Potter fanatic, quite literally, um, I'm sure they exist, but I, I feel it's pretty innocent as crazy fans go it, it might it might well be innocent i think that's probably fair but i i've never like i have friends you've you've met some of some of my friends who are big into harry potter you probably don't know that about them having met them but like big into harry potter and i just i never i never gelled with it in that way it was a, a series that i consumed as a child and a teenager because i liked it but after i read Deathly Hallows, that was kind of it for me. And then the films came out and I went, ooh, cool. And then again, it was kind of it for me. So... Uh, see, what swung it for me was uh, Stephen Fry, to be honest. Yeah, but... Going, going back to the audiobook and having it be Stephen Fry, it just it added a whole new dimension. I've just never gelled with audiobooks. I'm listening to the Stormlight Archive on audiobook at the moment because I want... I take uh, the baby to and from uh, Childminder every day, basically. So that's a you know a twenty minute walk each way every day kind of thing. So that's loads of podcast or audiobook time. Yeah, but but you've read Stormlight Archive, haven't you? I have, I have. So it's a new way to consume it. 
Yeah, but you see, but the... so yeah, I mean, where, where it went right for me with Stephen Fry, I think, was because Stephen Fry added a good dimension to it. I think you can also go wrong, right? If if the person narrating it, yeah, or God forbid, it's some sort of dramatization that that can really mess with your like preconception or, or the, the things that you've made up about the book in question, right? And it can it can yeah. kind of ruin it. I tried I tried to listen to The Winter King by Bernard Cornwell. Um and it just didn't work for me and it was a hundred percent down to the narrator. Just I just there there was the voices that they did for the characters just grated. Yeah, and, and that's a real art, I think. Um and again, you know, to keep banging on about Stephen Fry. But I think he, but he, I think he, he does, does it, it really well. well. And the thing is, I, I've heard him actually talk about that as well in an interview. And he's like, you know, I, he thinks the key is to sort of not overdo them, I think right? You still exactly have to right. be a narrator. You're not an actor as such. You're just yeah. narrating, right? So if, if you put on a little bit of a voice to distinguish Hermione and Ron, for example, that's that's obviously fine. But, you know, don't don't make them all come from different it's, parts of the UK and whatnot. Like it's, it's just, you know. <laughs> it's not your performance, that's exactly. Yeah, exactly. I think that's that's important. So, so this this is a you know a long winded introduction to something to, something Harry Potter <laughs> to something something Harry Potter. But spe- specifically, I guess the reason why I'm less excited. Oh, I don't know if I'm less excited. I'm curious rather than excited. Is HBO's recent announcement that they're going to make a t- Harry Potter television series, or I yeah. assume. Lots of television series. Although, imagine they just do a one seven-episode season, one for each year, and then that's it, and they're done. And they're like, thank you, we will have all of your money. Nah, that's not the HBO style. It's not. They're, they're going to have... Make, they, love, they love a long-running show. They're going to make too much, and it's going to be great. Um, but what, what, do we, what do we think? I mean... Well, I... Do we want to talk about this first, or or do we want to keep rabbiting on about Harry Potter for a while? No, I mean, so this is actually your idea, this episode idea, right? So this clearly yeah. caught your attention. So it's interesting that, that I guess I'm coming out as more of a Harry Potter fan than you, potentially. I think that's fair. But it seems to have grabbed your attention more than it has mine. I, I sort of saw the announcement and I was like, meh, so and, and, and haven't really given it any thoughts since... I mean, you've you've written the qu- the question here. Is there a resurgence in Harry Potter interest in new content? The honest answer is, I, I think that I don't I don't know. It feels like there is. It feels like we're getting more Harry. It feels Potter like there content. is, isn't there? Well, I guess a lot of that is Hogwarts Legacy, which it was obviously the last time we talked about Harry Potter. That's what we absolutely had a discussion about, uh, and obviously that has since sold over fifteen million copies and you know, grossed $1 billion globally. So there's interest. Which is an insane amount of money. And it's 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 interesting. So it's, it's one of the longer story-driven open-world RPGs that I've actually finished in recent times. Yeah. Um, and it's... It, it sustains itself purely on the fact that it's a Harry Potter game and it's set in Hogwarts. That's really actually The content is kind of lacking. The gameplay is... Well, I mean, the, 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 the combat is fun. It's not much to go on, really, is it? <laughs> That's really interesting because I, I sent you a message recently 
about Jedi Survivor, which I had previously on air said was my only must-play game of the year. Yeah. I'm so disappointed in it. Because it's an open-world RPG. Well, not because it's an open-world RPG, but it can't be the game that I want it to be because it's an open-world RPG, if that makes sense. Like... I think I know what you mean, right? It's it's. Oh, I love. Oh, tricky. I loved Fallen Order. I I thought it was a, a genuine, al- almost a piece of art, right? Rather than a game, although it was absolutely a game, and I absolutely hated elements of of the combat from a frustration perspective. <laughs> yes. But the, the the tightness of the story. This is what I was saying to you. The tightness of the story of Fallen Order. The fact that it allowed you to go off and explore within tramlines so you could explore on Dathomir for example but you couldn't hit a story beat until you went and did the thing and the game was curating your exposure to story beats by contrast Jedi Survivor goes which planet do you want to go to there's quest items on all of them and I'm like, I don't know which one makes the most narrative sense. Mm. Which which one is 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 the right one for my character at this point? Because I don't know. I don't know why I want to go to Jeddah rather than some moon or whatever. Like, I don't know. oh, I I agree and disagree with that. I think right. So because they've recently announced, and I always get it wrong. It's not Star Wars Scoundrels. Okay, Star Wars Out Outlaws. Out- Laws. Oh, we we really messed it up there. I think it's outlaws. <laughs> the the one where you get to play is not Han Solo. Exactly, but I suspect that that'll be quite clever, and and maybe in in the same sort of vein as Hogwarts Legacy, where they're like, you know, we're going to give you a universe you're familiar with, but we're going to put it nowhere near anything, any any stories that you you know yeah. and love, for example. And I think this is the problem with with the Jedi games, right? And the, and the first game did it so well because you knew you were playing a Jedi who is ultimately probably going to meet his demise, or is, is ultimately not going to be that effectual, right? Because he's fighting yeah. people like Darth Vader, whom we, whose story we know. We know how Darth so, Vader ends, and it's not at the end of Cal Kestis' lightsaber. It, it, exactly. So I feel an on-rail story that's just that shines because it has great combat and great scenes and characters and whatnot. That's a great game. Don't make it open world, because open world suggests that you have choice and that you can influence the world around you in a positive way but we know that that can't happen right if you want to do an open world jedi game set it during the new republic or the high republic or whichever one it is that the old republic like just not in the sky you know the set star, it set whatever. it before phantom you know what i mean yes done exactly easy peasy exactly set it 50 years before phantom. 50 years before phantom yeah you can still have Yoda, you still have, you can, you <laughs> potentially because he's always around. Hell, you can have youngling Qui-Gon Jinn in there if you really want to. But, like, give, if that, that's why if you want it to be an open-world action-adventure RPG, that's fine. I don't yeah. mind that. Don't make the sequel to uh, an on-rails like story-driven game. Yeah. An open See, world action RPG. That's that's my problem with it. It's it's weird. No, and I, I agree with you. I, I've not played Survivor. I will at some point um, when it's not like 150 million quid. But <laughs> it's it's funny that I'm arguing 
I'm agreeing with you. That's, that's funny enough in and of itself. But we, because we've had this debate about Solo, for example, right? The Star Wars film. Yeah. Where you've made a similar argument. It's like, you know, don't make it about Han Solo in a universe where there's so many options. And I, I agree with you, but I still like the film. But I think this, this is an example where, yeah, they could have just gone anywhere with it. Like, they've made an interesting character. Just, just stick him somewhere random, you know? <laughs> yeah, or I, that, that's, that's, that's my problem with Survivor. That's why I'm Larry of Hogwarts Legacy, right? Because I'm, I'm sure it's great. Like you, all of the things you said make it sound good, but I might just want a, a game that's on the rails a bit. Or if not on the rails, like, I want someone to curate my experience. I don't want to have to build my own experience. I don't have time for that. Yeah, see, I think Hogwarts Legacy actually finds a decent balance because the story is effectively on rails. Like, you can yeah. go into the world and pick up side quests that are ultimately sort of meaningless. Um, but the, the the main story is literally like, Step one, do this. Step two, do that. Yeah, <laughs> um, and and you, and you go through. But also, it is just about running around in the woods around Hog- Hogwarts. You know that that's really what sells that game above anything else. Yeah, and I need to I need to check it out. But I mean, you've got Hogwarts Legacy driving a very recent increase in Harry Potter. Yeah, fandom. You know, you know what the, what the cynic in me would say is that it's part of the official death of uh, Fantastic Beasts. I say so official, I, I don't know if it's officially dead, but I was I was going to point to them as almost the counter argument. Uh, so you know, I, I think because because that was such a failed franchise, maybe they're like, okay, let's just go back to like the original IP ideas and and go from there. <laughs> let's let's do what we're good at. Watch watch this TV show that we're supposed to be discussing. Just be Fantastic Beasts two point I think I guess that's that's the challenge, right? So what 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 do you want from a Harry Potter mega series? Let's assume that you're getting seven series, one for each book. What what does that look? Like? How does that work? How do you make it good? Right. So so you're saying that this is going to be the the main storyline in seven seasons. That's my assumption of based on HBO's announcement. Not not yeah. specifically in seven series, but my assumption is that it's going to be the main yeah, story. It's, it's it's Harry Potter. It's not the Wizarding World or whatever nonsense we call it now. Exactly, they're remaking the Harry Potter films yeah. as TV. Yeah, so uh, I have many oh, concerns, really, because I guess so much of the books is, you know being an 11 to 17 year old child going to school and the various yeah. albeit magical problems that 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 entails uh, so it's a bit teen drama and i'm not sure i'm here for that with a tv show especially if it's a teen drama being made by hbo i don't i I've, <laughs> i i did have that thought when i saw who i saw, I saw the announcement of like oh someone's remake someone's picked up the ip and is going to make a load of tv about it and i'm like oh that'll be That'd be interesting. And I thought it was HBO and I went, hold on a second. Yeah, that doesn't really compute, does it? <laughs> this, the same HBO that made Rome and Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. The Wire Watchmen. and Watchmen and... Westworld. Oh, God, True yeah. Detective. Like, you, you think of those shows and you think essentially just gore, 
horrificness. It's R- stupendous amounts of nudity. It's R-rated TV. It's R-rated TV, and an R-rated Harry Potter doesn't really work Un- unless certainly you just, not legally. You just unless you just really lean into some of the body horror elements of it. So, like Dudley's Tale, for example, that could be like if you lean into it, that could be horrific. And there's a thought actually. There is a lot of scope to to do I, stuff with it, but but you're still portraying still kids, like yeah, twelve year old kids. It's it's not a case because if, especially if you really lean into it from a, a horror point of view, like that sends a really odd message. Like Rod Rod eating slugs in uh, Chamber of Secrets again. You could make that awful. But you shouldn't, because it's fundamentally meant to be a bit funny. And I think that's the thing that you've got to land so carefully. And some of the films get it and some of the films don't. There's a lot of comedy in Harry Potter. I was just about to say, this is sort of what I'd like to see more of, and I think it's something the films really missed the trick on, because it's it's actually, strangely... One of the biggest bouts of laughing out loud I've ever had was when I was reading All of the Phoenix for the first time. And it's a really innocuous scene, right? Like, you know, some OWL test and someone transfigures something into a water flamingos. That just for some reason was so funny to me. And it, But it's all these little, little light touches of humor that are just sprinkled throughout the series that the can film I see, ignores. Can I see Uranus 2 at Lavender? Like, exactly. That's, brilliant. That's, that's both brilliant <laughs> and quintessential 15-year-old boy humor. It's amazing. It's so good. I don't know why you don't put that in a film. You don't spell augury with an O. Yeah, that's actually quite a clever line from J.K. Rowling. <laughs> but no, instead we get awkward dance between Harry and Hermione, and that's I like lo- the comic relief. I love the awkward dance, actually. Like, I don't. I don't hate it, but it's just it doesn't do the comedy in the books. Uh, no, you know, it's it's not. It's, it's not a comic scene, but. I think I think you're I think you're right, though. You've got it. We don't want like Saved by the Bell, Harry Potter. I was really scrabbling for a teen drama series there. <laughs> I mean, my mind instantly goes to uh, uh, like One Tree Hill or some bullshit like that. What's, oh, what's Dawson's, like? Dawson's Creek. Creek. Yeah. Dawson's Creek, Harry Potter. Can you imagine, like, it's just seven series of Harry being like, oh, I really like Cho, oh, I really like Hermione, oh, I really like Lavender. <laughs> Lavender. Oh, <It's> like, <laughs> what am I, actually, to be fair, I'm Harry ab- Potter, the love quadrangle. I'm absolutely here for seven series of Will They Won't They between Harry and Hermione, where everyone yeah. knows that they obviously won't. Oh, no, well, because even JK's come out and said, Oh, maybe we should have done it. So, no, you know, this is just, this is she's this is given wrong. writers an in. This is she's, given writers an in, though. Can, can we completely part of the episode? She's just wrong about that. It's no, it's bad. Don't do it. No, but but it's opened the door. No. So now there will be a shred of doubt. No. Right. And so for seven seasons, you even you will be like, oh no, they're not oh. going to do it, are they? Yeah. <laughs> Everyone else will be like, oh my god, I think they're going to do it. And I'll just be sitting there in the corner. Stewing about how it absolutely assassinates both characters. It's the same as taking a complete tangent as as people being worried that 
in the final Final Fantasy VII remakes, they're not going to spoiler alert kill Aerith. Um, I didn't know that that was a concern, but you better, or I will come over there and <laughs> I don't know, rewrite the code or something. People are very concerned about it, um, and I, I, I'd love to see it just because the amount of outrage <laughs> it'll cause. To be fair, if they did it and they just hey, we remit, we decided it wasn't the right creative choice, so we changed it. That would be really exactly. funny from Square. It's not a remaster; it's a remake. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Harry and Hermione totally going to happen. Um, until of course they they decide to extend it to fourteen seasons, and we get the messy divorce, and then she does marry Ron. Oh yeah. And then everyone has a big old duel at the end. It'll be great. Ron and, ha- Ron and Harry duel for Hermione. And Hermione's like, this isn't how it works, guys. Like, Shut up, Hermione. You're still about the fact that that would be the most one-sided duel, I think, in the whole series. <laughs> yeah, like, don't get me wrong, I-, I love Ron, but Harry's pretty good at it. <laughs> yeah, no. Ron is... No, wait, I'm not sure, I'm not sure Ron is. Ron, Ron is the, the heart and the moral centre of the three. He's not really the dualist of the three. Am I right about moral centre? He is the heart of the, the three. I don't I'm think... not sure about moral centre, because sure. again, said... there's so much teen drama, especially for Ron. I said moral centre. I didn't mean moral centre, but he's the like... He is the he's heart. got the most character growth in many ways. He does have the most character growth. He's got the most growing to do as well. If you think about where they start, he starts in his brother's shadow or his brother's yeah. shadows and he has to come to terms with the fact that he's not as good a Quidditch player as Charlie. He's not as smart as Bill or Percy. He's not as funny and creative as Fred and George, but he's got something that none of them do, which is his loyalty to his friends. Such a Hufflepuff mentality. I know. He's he's a proper Hufflepuff. The same way that uh, Harry is a proper Slytherin and Hermione's a proper Ravenclaw. No, Harry's Harry himself is not a proper Slytherin. Harry's a proper Slytherin. He's so ambitious. Cunning. That's the Voldemort in him. (laughs) The only thing he ever really cares about, you know, is, is Quidditch. And being the one to stop Voldemort. And being the one to act, not, you know, defer to authority or anything like that. He's He's got quite a few Slytherin traits in him. Uh, there's probably an episode on how Harry Potter is actually the embodiment of all four Hogwarts founders in a perfect unison. Oh, I hate that. You heard it here first, folks. He's also dumb as pig shit, so I'm not having that. He's, not, he's, <laughs> he's a really good student, by all accounts. <laughs> he's mediocre at best. It's a fucking outstanding OWL. It's not, you know, not everyone gets those. Yeah, but they're graded on a bell curve and Dolores Umbridge was the teacher. He has to be outstanding by virtue of being the only one who can cast any fucking spells. <laughs> hey, well, good enough to become Aura. Well, you can't, assuming he would have passed his NEWTs, of course. You, but You can't not make him an annoyed. I quite like this argument because I've got no base. Neither, like, you've got loads of facts, <laughs> and I'm just sitting over here character assassinating the hero of everyone's favourite childhood books. It's awesome. usually what I do. <laughs> yeah. Other tales have turned. No, and uh, where were we even going with this? Uh, oh, yeah, teen drama. Teen drama. Um, so so that's, that's obviously the concern, especially in HBO's hands, as we say. But I don't really know what else you can do with it. You said, you said teen drama. Have you seen Wednesday? 
on Netflix? Uh, no, it's, I have not. It's it's really good. It's yeah, actually, so I hear. It's actually really good, and it's nothing but fantasy high school teen drama. And it just it works so well. So you can do it. I don't know if you can do it for yeah, but seven series. That's the thing. You don't have to sustain that for seven series, right? Well, I think Wednesday's getting a second series. I think. Okay, your math really is terrible. Yeah, that's still not nearly seven. <laughs> no, my, my point is they think they can sustain it beyond the gimmick of the first series. No, they're uh, Yeah, no, of course. But Netflix has traditionally not made great decisions. So No, they, they never know when to stop. Quitting while one is ahead is not really their, their forte. It's, it's not. It's not what they do. It's not what they're known for. They are going to pummel that Witcher dead horse until it gives up all of its coins. <laughs> yeah, that's right. There's that, a show we should discuss at some point as well. That's an aggressively I'll, strained idiom, but never mind. Yeah, although I've refused to. I, I don't want to say I've refused to watch it. Um, I just gave up. I wasn't enjoying it. it well, that's it. Yeah, I, I made it through season two. I was like, I just I, I got nothing to say I, about this, really. I didn't make it through season two. I think I, I think I left too much time between season one and season two, and I was very like, I got really fed up with all the cutting between Geralt and Yennefer. And I was, oh, I'm not doing this. Yeah, it, it sort of tries to do that. Can't be bothered with in this. the style of the books, but the books just do it better. And admittedly, the books are also impossible to follow. So, yeah, I started listening to was it the Last Wish, which is the first one. Oh, I never remember. Well, I, what I think is the first one, and it was just like because my my only real exposure to the Witcher was the video games, and it was just like such a jarring difference from the video games. I was like, well, I'm not sure this is really for me. <laughs> You mean the voice? Yeah. The voice. Yeah, the voice. The yeah, yeah, no, I got. I had to get used to that as well with the audiobooks for The Witcher. Um, talking of uh, putting your own stamp on a character that we were talking about earlier with Stephen Fry. Yeah, I mean, he went for it, right? That that, that um, <laughs> narrator. The narrator. I guess it is one of Geralt's qualities that his voice to sound awful. <laughs> the narrator did go for it. We did. Um, I don't. <sighs> I think you could make teen drama work. I don't see how else you can string out the books to TV series. Well, because this, this is sort of the other problem, right? Is if, if if we do it in series, then season one has to be year one. Yeah. But year one's also very short. Well, all years are the same length, mate. <sighs> I can, I can, I can hear you rolling your eyes. You never heard of a leap year before. The same length leap year is a uh, a calendar quirk to deal with the fact that all years are the same length and it's not three hundred and sixty five days. But I forgot where I was going with that. <laughs> <laughs> I know you, you are you are right. Philosopher's Stone is the fir- is the first book and it's the shortest book by compared with Order of the Phoenix. A considerable margin. And yes, to all our American listeners, it is in fact Philosopher's Stone. Go look up what a philosopher is. <laughs> Sorry. That was so harsh. <laughs> it right really back. irks me that they had to rebrand the book to Sorcerer's Stone because the American like polling audience didn't know what a philosopher was. 
but that I find that so surprising because the philosopher's stone is a, is like a a famous artifact. It's a thing, yes. It's Whereas a the thing. sorcerer's stone is not. <laughs> yeah, that's what I find. I find so you don't know what a philosopher is. Okay, but knowing what a philosopher is isn't necessary to understanding what the philosopher's stone is. It's like not knowing what the Elgin marbles are. You don't need to know either what you don't need to know where Elgin is to know what the Elgin marbles are. That's a terrible example. I'm doing really badly with examples. What? You today. need to know what Elgin know where Elgin is, did you say? Yeah, Elgin's a town in Scotland. But they're unconnected, is my point. Elgin has no the town in Scotland has no connection to the Elgin marbles, which are a set say, of statues. Yeah, that, that- that doesn't quite follow, but yeah, no, but it's yeah. The, it's okay, the same that, that is a tortured example, but yeah, it's really, really harmed. Um. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, it's either you should check your blood sugar, or you've already drank all that beer. No, I'm just, I'm just tired. Um, nah, that's a boring, that's a boring answer. Probably also should check my blood sugar, but I'm not going to. <laughs> I'll fix it when we're done. Uh, yeah, so I also completely derailed your point about. The Philosopher's Stone, that it is in fact shorter. Yes. <laughs> I think I derailed it myself first. It's it's so much shorter than Phoenix. And I, I, a Phoenix is actually more of a problem because it's just too long. And and 90% of that is just moody teenager. So this is this is the thing, right? At some point, you're going to have to either pad seasons one, two, and three, or you're gonna to have to cut stuff out of four, five, six, and seven. Now, see, what I'd like to see in season one, you know, is like yeah. for every Harry episode we have, we have a full Hermione episode and then we have a full Neville episode. I think that the characters Just pan should, it out that way. I think the characters should have their own almost POV either scenes or yeah. episodes. I don't, I don't think it works to only follow Harry. Except that when, because they're obviously together a lot um, and, and then always being in Harry's head is, is quite useful, I think. But yeah. I mean, they could they could do it from Ron's perspective, for example. Like, just do the whole thing from Ron's perspective. That could, that could be quite interesting. That would be yeah. You could do that. Doesn't work because Ron's Ronald Weasley there. and my my something friend, my, my famous sp- friend, my famous friend. The problem is, the problem is Ron <laughs> isn't always there, so you miss you miss the whole Weasley not the potions. The Weasley, like oh, you miss the potions in the mirror. Quidditch. Yeah, but wouldn't it be fun to know what Ron is at? He's probably just asleep with a 40-something-year-old man, not 40, 30-something-year-old man in his bed. <laughs> that that could be an HBO show. <laughs> it really shouldn't, though. <laughs> it really shouldn't, but it could be. Oh, God, imagine if they went there. No, please don't, HBO, please. Um, no, it's true, because Harry does, does all the interesting stuff, because like, you couldn't follow Hermione, because she's always just in the library. Yeah, I think you could you could do cuts too, right? You you could almost do it a bit like Game of Thrones, right? Game of Thrones has multiple, like POV characters, so people whom we follow for bits of an episode, and you could do it like that. So sometimes we're following Harry, sometimes we're following Hermione, sometimes we're following Ron, sometimes we're following Draco or Neville. Or Draco's a good one. Yeah. Justin Finch Fetchley. Probably not him. Niche? Yeah. He's my Don't favorite. hate it, but niche. He's, he's, he's my, my favorite, like, tertiary character. 
course he is. You love a good Etonian, don't you? Well, I, I think it's such a funny detail that he's like some muggle-born who was meant to go to Eton and instead goes to Hogwarts to discover that he's absolutely nobody. <laughs> he's bang average. He's, he's not even bang average. I guess he's bang average. But he ends up in Hufflepuff. Like, no one impressive ever came out of Hufflepuff. Sorry, guys. Except for Pomona Sprout. Whoa. I've probably said something evil there. Whoa. From the perspective of... Newt Scamander? Oh, give a shit. Eddie Redmayne's Um, biggest... uh, Eddie Redmayne destroyed his career by taking that role. Oh, I wouldn't go that far. Has he been in a... Fedora Tonks? Yeah, alright, I'll give you Tonks. Doesn't make it out of the Battle of Hogwarts, though, does she? Really, uh, Oh, Teddy Lupin's apparently Hufflepuff. That's got to be a disappointment. Good old Cedric Diggory. Yeah, you know, it doesn't even make it out of school alive. And of course, Artemisia Lufkin. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, okay, Hufflepuff. Yeah, maybe you have a point. Tonks, though. Tonks is good. I'll give you you Tonks. From the perspective of someone who was going to go to Eton and then one assumes Oxbridge and assumed that they would rise to some high position in either industry or government, which is a load of stuff that I'm just describing to Justin Finch, actually, for, with no basis other than that he was going to go to Eton. He's going to go to Eton, so he is Boris Johnson. Yeah, essentially, essentially. It's like if Boris Johnson went to like another private school and discovered that nobody cared... Like, you're not fa- <laughs> that, that guy at that table over there. He's the important one. You're nobody. I just think that's really funny. That's, that's a point, though. Like, if you go to Hogwarts, does that mean you can never go to Oxbridge? That's a really good or do you, question. Or do you think there's, like, an admissions tutor in Oxbridge who's like, yeah, I know the deal here. Yeah, we will have uh, that. This guy's got all but, all outstandings in his. Bill Weasley could have gone to Oxbridge if he wanted to. Easily, right? Yeah. The, but, but no wizard ever seems to have any inclination to just study anything. Classics. <laughs> <There's>, <laughs> that, this is there must be a wizard out there who's like, you know what I want to do? I want to study modern French. <laughs> when do wizards learn French? This is something I want the HBO series to, to deal with, right? It's all, it's, it's all in primary school. <laughs> but they do. They do. Like. All of their weird classes, but when do they do? Uh, like, you know, you you know what would actually love GCSE chemistry. I'd love it if Muggle Studies was literally all of A levels, <laughs> but in one subject that you do like once a week, and you somehow are just as good as Muggles. That would be really funny. <laughs> then they go and like, why? Why are they? You know, so proud of their achievements? Is one subject, <laughs> but they don't do. They don't, other, unless you do ar- arithmancy, like, they, they won't understand basic substitution mathematics. Except they do astronomy, so they have to, right? Because that's you all. You need some and, under- understanding of Newtonian physics, surely. Trigonometry. And, yeah. But I, just, I don't know, I just, I just find it really funny. They do herbology, but, like, you never hear Professor Sprout explaining photosynthesis to them. Yeah, or like, here's how you actually plant a tomato. <laughs> yeah, no, mandrakes, fine. Tomatoes. <laughs> yeah, fuck that, you know. Care of, so, care, care of magical creatures, yes. The nitrogen cycle, no. <laughs> <laughs> I had to take care of the cat that you were allowed to have as a pet. Like a, but 
I can I can turn a table into a pig, but I don't know how that river formed over there. Yeah, but no one ever needed that knowledge. So yeah, no, no fair. But you get my you get my point though. Like they don't know do, why but- magnets work. Yeah, no, absolutely. But this is why I th- but this is why Harry Potter as a character works, right? Because he is, I mean, he's not Muggle-born, but he, he comes from a Muggle family, and, and and I think we've discussed this in the past. Like that perspective yeah, is really important. He, he's us, yes. But so Hermione, for example, would have that, or Justin Finch Fletchley would have that. So they they could work quite well. <laughs> Ron, well, see, I don't know how you would do Ron from like a. Here's your introductions to the Wizarding World, everybody. <laughs> like straight to the burrow where everything is super magical. Yeah, because because it doesn't really work the other way around, right? Like Ron is sometimes amazed at the weird Muggle stuff that the Harry and Hermione know, but it's just always a line. Like it's not ever pursued in any meaningful way. Can, can you imagine trying to explain futures currency hedging to Ron Weasley? I couldn't even explain that to you. So, <laughs> but like weird financial instruments. The concept of mortgage-backed securities. I mean, they've not got past electricity. They haven't got past right? like. Oh, aren't muggles funny? Yeah, but also, have you seen the amount of GDP growth the Ameri- the US has had in the last hundred years? What can you like? Yeah, fucking it's wizards, do? mate. It's wizards, mate. It's wizards. <laughs> Every time they get a dollar, they just Jiminio it into two dollars. <laughs> Yeah, hashtag. I, that's how it works. I don't. Know. That's a shit hashtag. I'm yeah, sorry. Don't, <laughs> don't do that. And also, I worry you've probably just used some weird. All ha- I assume all hashtags originate on Twitter, and Twitter is a cesspool of insanity at the moment. So yeah, you've previously had this issue before, where you're like, you can't use that hashtag. You don't know what it means. Like, that doesn't it doesn't matter on Twitter, mate. You do whatever you want. <laughs> Not anymore. There's only a few that are off limits, which you know you've got to be careful with. Yes, let's just skate past that. Yeah, we do, all know what we're thinking of. <laughs> do, do we need new characters? Well, do we, do we want this, this new is the, characters? This is the problem, right? I feel if it is set in those seven years, then the most interesting story surely is Harry's. Uh, unless you just, unless you tell the whole thing from another perspective, where you're just a random student, and every now and then you're like, "Oh, that Harry Potter looks a bit beat up, doesn't he?" It's got to just be Harry Potter. Like you've got I think to just to be, be yeah. telling the story that the books put down. Yeah, and I don't think there's any space for new characters there. Not or really. Is there, do you think? No, I don't. Not not major ones. I mean, you're going to need to give Harry more than more love interests than just. Cho Chang and Ginny Weasley, because that's not going to sustain. Yes, Hermione Granger. Seven series. <laughs> Even Hermione, it's not going to sustain seven series. We're going to need, you know, some. Yeah, ra- come on, we, we can't start with 11 year olds, okay? Uh, no, you know, I'm maybe, su- maybe. <laughs> I'm not suggesting we start with 11 year olds. But, I don't know, maybe, maybe you can. I don't know. I, I, mm, I wouldn't. So, well, because well, that is how you would lengthen the first two seasons, I suppose. By creating, well, I guess this is this is a question: How comfortable are we with the fact that the showrunners are going to have to add and remove material to make it work for the medium? Uh, 
So I've just had a thought, and I know I know one of the storylines they're going to try and do in like a flashback medium is just the Marauders. Well, I think you do it as a a tangent series. So you do your first two, or th- you do your first three series, and then you have a spin-off Marauders series, which is a bit edgier. Oh uh, yeah, it's probably yeah that could work actually. Probably yeah. how you do it. No, but I I just see like because you can see them intersecting, right? You know, you're gonna need like to the, do the, the making of the Marauders map. That that's an episode or two. Yeah, but you don't want that. Your Harry Potter series. I'm sorry, are you boring you? Oh, I'm just really tired. Uh, you don't want that in your Harry Potter series, though. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, maybe you do. Right? That's something new, at least. I, but what? Uh, maybe it? just a little bit more, like about. <laughs> Hashtag teacher's pet. But a bit more about the teachers, right? You know, what, like what what does Minerva McGonagall do at the end of a Friday night? Like, does she does she has a, she does she has a house that she goes to? She has a house in Hogsmeade. Doesn't she? Does she live in Hogsmeade, yeah. I'm fairly sure. Her she husband's um, passed away, right? I think That's, she I think she has a house in Hogsmeade, but doesn't she just get abs I always assumed she just gets absolutely binned in the three three broomsticks. I mean, she's a Scot, so yes. She's just absolutely throwing back fire whiskey. I can see her, her Hagrid and um, Phyllis Flitwick just... You know, yes! Flitwick tries, the pints. Flitwick tries to keep up with them, but he's tiny, so he just can't. Every time Hagrid ends up carrying him back to Ravenclaw Tower. Oh, no, I disagree. I think Flitwick would uh, sneakily like jinx something. So it would seem as though he's like always sinking he's, way he's, more, and then he levitates Hagrid back to his cabin, <laughs> which is impressive because Hagrid's resistant to magic. I think, uh, yeah. Well, he puts him on a stretcher that he then levitates. Uh, yeah, no, that's that's good. <laughs> that's good sideways thinking. I like that. It's like Thor's hammer in a lift. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think you, you could explore that side of thing. You know, Hogsmeade in general. Uh, yeah, what goes Hagrid, on there. Right. The teachers, Dumbledore's life, you know, like explore just how much Dumbledore knows every year. I think and that's why good... he just likes to put literally every child in danger. Yeah, why is Dumbledore such a bad headmaster? He literally embodies uh, survival of the fittest, I think. <laughs> but like, it's like he's... evil wizard in school. Well, if you die, then you're clearly not fit enough. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's this. It's this not my idea. problem. I, I I can't be killed by this evil wizard. You know how we push um, smart kids to become doctors because they're smart, not because we think they'd make good doctors. Because medicine is academically rigorous, and so only smart kids can do it. Basically, I feel That's like such backwards logic. But yes, that that is what that, we that do. Is, that is what we do. Yeah, uh, I I agree with you that it's backwards. But I feel like the equivalent in the Harry Potter world is teaching at Hogwarts, and so we like Dumbledore has ended up as headmaster of Hogwarts, not because he'd make the best headmaster, but just because he's the smartest bloke around. <laughs> and no one, no Ooh, one gave that's no, no one gave any thought to what what good is he going to bring to the school? They're trying, oh, Dumbledore's smart; he can do it. Obviously, he I just have that. a few lines where he like he, he really makes it out as though he deeply cares about teaching, and then never, never does anything. Never like. teaches a class ever. What does he do? School runs itself. 
I mean, he is the shadow minister, isn't he? Let's be honest. Yeah, he's and I just, don't mean that as like the, the, the leader of the opposition. I think he's just he is just the minister for magic. Yeah, he's just but, running he's running the ministry. Yeah. And the Wizengamot and probably like, you know, he, he is international chief, wizarding. He is chief mugwump of the Wizengamot, that's true. He is chief mugwump. <laughs> which is a title I would love to have. That's so <laughs> I'm good. not gonna lie. That? You know what? Yeah, I, no, that's a great. What does Dumbledore just? What does maybe the, Dumbledore literally does just lie on a beach in France? Yeah, he just he's just not doing. I don't understand it. I don't understand what that job is. He's not like because there's not that many kids and there's not that many teachers, so it can't be a full time job to administer that school. He's not like uh, auditing Severus Snape's lessons to make sure the kids are learning the approved curriculum. The thing is, he's probably like one of those quite smart people, right? You know, he gets hired th- by an old company to do some really menial data entry job that, because the director is like 75 year old, years old, they don't know that you can just so someone, get someone Excel to do it all. <laughs> just automates their own job exactly. and then reads a book. Exactly. So I think Dumbledore is just like that. Like, he doesn't have to do anything because he just goes around legitimizing everything. <laughs> He probably has some form of spyware everywhere. So I think he just always knows and doesn't have to therefore do anything. (laughs) Minerva, I think that homework that you set this week was a little on the easy side, don't we think? McGonagall's like, (laughs) what, you haven't looked at a test in literally years? Yes, but I think question three could have been worded more like this. Exactly. Fucking hate this man. (laughs) Except he doesn't even show up to say that in person. He sends like a patronus to do it. He sends he sends an owl. Yeah, like a really calm howler. (laughs) Never. (laughs) The uh, question three. You seriously? (laughs) The what's the howler that Harry Potter receives from the the Ministry after he does the magic? It doesn't howl. It just sort of talks at him. Mafalda I always really like that. Mafalda yeah. Hopkirk has just got really good style. She's like, you know, I'm not going to just send a letter. I'm going to make that letter read itself. I hope like, you are well. Maximum impact. Yeah, I hope you are well. <laughs> so good. <laughs> that That's so quintessentially British. That little bit of passag at the end. Yeah. Like, you know, I've just told you off really politely for five minutes, but I hope you're well. <laughs> if you do it again, we will kill you. Uh, <laughs> I guess we've beat around the bush a bit. We, I think we both agree that some changes are going to be needed to make it work. But in terms of what changes those should be, I think I've not really got anything to add beyond what I've said before about staying tuned no. to the, the themes of the what you're adapting. Like it's, it's just hard to tell, isn't it? I mean, because if we take a sort of general HBO format, which is, for American standards, quite short seasons. Yeah. Uh, with with fairly lengthy episodes. Probably yeah. 12, 8 to 12 episodes of about an hour. Yeah, something like that, which, if you think about it, that's over half the films, right? Already, in that time. Yeah. To do one season. Yeah, I mean, it gives you a lot to play with. So you're going to end up with filler. You're going to need filler. Just fill it all with Quidditch. There's an idea. 
I wouldn't hate that, actually. <laughs> Just Quidditch and wizard chess. That'd be great. People love watching chess nowadays. Maybe, maybe that's just the play. It's all over my Reddit feed. Chess. Don't know why. Because it's, it's great. Everyone should play it. I mean, you suck at it. So I'm really bad. Practice. I should practice. I'm not going to do that. Uh, I guess last question. Then. Casting. Well, I would say Alan Rickman. But, uh, you know. I saw someone saying that they should get absolutely no one who was in the films. Yes, I agree with that. I think Daniel Radcliffe even came out and said that as well. Like this is this would be weird. <laughs> I think that has to be right. something new, right? Yeah, I think that um, has to be right. The the bigger question is do they go British? They have to. You have to go British. Because so much. Do we of... cast Sean Bean as Dumbledore in the Ultimate? You he's know gonna he... die. We all know he's gonna die, but it's you gonna take a while. Make it to the end. <laughs> I would rate that. Actually, I'm really, proud of that casting choice. <laughs> I really, I really rate that. because he'd be an awful Dumbledore. He'd be such a bad. No. <laughs> well, would it be worse than Gambon? I don't know. I like elements of Gambon's Dumbledore it's just that's a fair way of putting it it just doesn't quite gel with but the bits I don't like I hate a lot more than, yes. than I like the bits I do like yes because I can't put my finger on that right there that is perfect Dumbledore is much more like the, just some of the general energy that he brings to the performance but the problem is some of the other energy he brings to the performance is did you bring your name of the Goblet of Fire <laughs> just why? It's just yeah. It's uh, like, you almost need a bit of Johnny Depp in there for for that weird no. Dumbledoreishness. We don't need any Johnny any more Johnny Depp anywhere near the Wizarding World. Uh, oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, no, fair enough. <laughs> I forgot about that. Oh god, those films are so bad. They really. Um, yeah, so yeah, I think I think you go British. Uh... What about Idris Elba as literally anyone? Get him in Harry Potter. I, I, I swear we cast Idris Elba for everything. Though. <laughs> um, he's amazing. He's my new fastbender. Uh, I mean, that's kind of an insult to Idris Elba. I think. Actually. <sighs> yeah, I forget you really don't like fastbender. He's so. His magneto, is, his magneto is really good, though. So he's like the iron of the metals, you know. It's so boring. Like, sure, it'll get the job done, but I guess that's why. There's, there's good nothing thing. exotic about him at all. But I think yeah. that that works for British. Like, he could be a really good. I mean, you, you'll like this. He could be a really good John Dawlish. <laughs> Now, there's a character we could just really have a few hours of TV time uh, with just... Prove that Dawlish I'm right. And, Dawlish's adventures. Prove that I'm right and that John Dawlish is great. Oh, no, I don't, I don't really want to do that, to be honest. It's just... I, there's, there's no one who's crying out to me to be in it, I think. Which is a good thing. It's a good thing, yeah. It's a sound of a, a complete story... Um, and Amazon did very well 
with a cast of like recognized actors but no like massive names with Rings of Power. The casting for Rings of Power was really good. They did very well, you say. <laughs> they they did well in their casting. Oh, I still like it. Same same with Wheel of Time, actually. Wheel of Time there's other than Rosalind that was well Pike, cast, yeah. Other than Rosalind well Pike, there's no like huge names. Um yeah, I mean, g- given that you'd have to cast younger actors as well, I think there's there's only <coughs> you have to get true. new people, right? That's um, true. I think I think as they did for the the films, your kids should just be yeah, pe- like unknowns or near unknowns. Uh, that's I, why I think it it helps in the films anyway. It helps that they had such seasoned actors alongside, right? To, yes, that's true, and I know, think to, they to they. They've said that as well. Like, yeah, yeah. Daniel Radcliffe and Emma Watson, I think both have come out and said that Alan Rickman, in particular, but others as well, really went out of their way to tell them that they were doing a good job and help them with with being an actor. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's important to remember that it's a, it's a young age, right, at which to be working and, and so what. What are you gonna? You probably for an eleven-year-old, you're probably gonna want a thirteen-year-old, fourteen-year-old actor. I suspect. I don't really know what the 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 regulations about that sort of thing are. That yeah, you're gonna want to go as old as possible and still make it work. I think for the way the regular, as you said, the sort of act work, acting work regulations work, Um, especially as leads. So it's yeah. And they could just grow up. <laughs> they could, they could just lean good. into it and cast like a 35-year-old to play 11-year-old Harry and just not ever mention it. That'd be good. I'd like that. That'd be weird. Um, but yeah, it's, it's hard to tell at this point. Um, the only one that I saw that I thought might work to bring back is get Tom Felton to play Lucius. <laughs> I really love Tom Felton, though. Uh, I don't really know why. Like he just has a weird charm about him. Um, he has a, yeah, he's just. Uh, I think Lucius Malfoy. Yeah. I think that's be, too close. He'd be yeah. No, it doesn't actually work. But I just really like that. You know, the only one that you get back is Tom Felton to play Lucius Malfoy, and you just never engage with the fact at all. And Tom Felton refuses to talk about it in interviews. He still will only talk about playing Draco. <laughs> And the fact that he had a crush on Emma Watson, which I think is really funny. I mean, like no, like as like don't blame him. Small, <laughs> he had like a twelve, thirteen-year-old crush on Emma Watson, and then they like he like grew out of it. I don't know. It was, it, he's really sweet in interviews. <laughs> he is, yeah, yeah, he is. A lot, a lot of that cast are they're just quite yeah. down to earth people. I feel Rupert Grint bought an ice cream truck. With all his money, <laughs> Rupert Grint. Honestly, Rupert Grint. I'd love to just spend an afternoon with that guy. <laughs> yeah, I think it'd be great, great fun. That's actually something I want. I want them to not make Ron purely comic relief. Like, no, yeah, be, like, have him be the character he is. On yeah, the day, exactly. Sure. He's he he can be funny without just being like the butt of every joke. I think. Yeah, and that was a, a disservice that they did. Uh, I think so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. 
So yeah, I mean, I guess let us know what you want to see from this, yeah. or if you just have a bit of Harry Potter fatigue, perhaps. Um, I think I'm feeling a bit fatigued. I think, and I think that fatigue is down to Fantastic Beasts. Yeah, I mean, it was time for something new, and and like I said before, I really enjoyed Hogwarts Legacy, even though it doesn't actually have that much to offer. So it's it's that's a weird one on me. I still haven't quite internalized what that means. Yeah, but yeah. There's an element of having lost faith, right? Because Fantastic Beasts was so bad. I'm, I'm cons- it's a bit like, don't touch the books. Because the films are already bad enough. Like, let's not make it any worse, please. <laughs> and I'm slightly burned by HBO and the way they finished Game of Thrones. Yeah, if they hire Benioff and, and Weiss, then... Uh, I don't know. think they will. I think, <laughs> I think the general reception to that the ending of Game of Thrones was so bad that they won't do. But they have to be so careful. Because, like, yeah, all right, the Game of Thrones fans were quite vocal, but you have not seen angry Harry Potter fans yet. Well, exactly, yeah, exactly. Um, Because that's also a series that's that's over, right? Yeah, it's finished. HBO has a habit of starting really strong and and then kind of dropping off. Yeah, they do. But we'll see. I mean, people, you know, they make great TV shows ultimately. So I mean, they, they made The Wire. Well, they made the first three seasons of The Wire. <laughs> we yeah. want to talk about great TV that they've made. And people love Succession. I mean, they, yes. they made The Sopranos. Come they on, did that's, that's good stuff, right? Yeah, uh, it's, it's something that, that's terrifying me. Game of Thrones came out in 2011. Yep. I remember watching the first Fuck. few episodes at university. Well, on that note, I think we should just call it a day and go to bed, because we're old, I suppose. I think that's exactly right. Uh, Yeah, I mean, let us know what what you want to see in in the Harry Potter TV show, if you even want to see it. Um, But until then, all that remains for me to say is thanks for listening to this episode of Expertise is Overrated. No doubt we've said some things that were either objectively wrong or downright offensive. As ever, feel free to let us know, rate the podcast, and leave us a comment. Or drop us an email at expertiseisoverrated at gmail.com. Tweet us at Zero Expertise. Check out our website, expertiseisoverrated at, at podbean.podbean.com. Or come join us on our Discord server. I, can't, I quit. Can't, can't do the intro, can't do the outro. I, get, I just I give up. I'm done. <laughs> if you're lucky, we <laughs> might just argue with you in one of our upcoming episodes. If you're really lucky, we might call you an idiot. Come back next time for some more absolute nonsense.